My friends, welcome. In my previous report, it was still the early hours of the conflict in Ukraine, but already we could see that uh, merchant ships getting hit with vessels and the ports closing was going to be a big problem to the extent that a third of the world's grain supplies come out of the Black Sea region. Uh, of course, we said, let's keep an eye on this and see how long the situation is going to continue. And unfortunately, in the hours since then, not only have numerous analysts and traders and experts echoed my warnings, but we see that this is not going to be a short-lived thing. In fact, countries are shutting their ports to any Russian-flagged vessels or vessels that have been chartered by Russian companies or even carrying Russian goods. That's, you know, for example, uh, the UK today passed a law to ban all ships with any Russian connection from entering British ports. So that's, even if they completely clear up the conflict in Ukraine overnight, uh, the, the, these vessels are not going to be able to reach uh, the UK going forward. But even more absurd to me is the fact that you see the global shipping industry shutting down service summarily to, Europe, uh, to Russia. So here's Maersk, the world's biggest shipping company, suspending all container shipping to Russia. And several others then hopped on board this this is not a virtue signal. This is a destruction, an implosion, a controlled demolition of the global shipping industry. Here from Bloomberg, Russia gets cut off from the world trade as shippers halt cargoes. All containers, about half of the companies now, have said we're not gonna, we're not even gonna send containers to Russia, folks. You can't do that and have the world continue to function as it has been. I'll, here it is, quote, almost half of the world's container ships will no longer go to and from Russia. That's going to royal trade in everything, not just metals and clothes and electronic goods, but food. There it is, right there from Bloomberg. So this is now a lasting effect that we're going to have on the food supply. So I want to give uh, a little more concrete data to what's going on, how that's going to impact the global food trade. And then, because a lot of people are now talking about this, then I want to step back uh, and get some perspective on this and ask the question, how much of the greater reset agenda, the absolute zero carbon agenda, the great food transformation, does what we're seeing now push forward, right? Because if you remember from the absolute zero report, Part of their goal, it wasn't just about reshaping the way the world eats, you know, cutting out meat and raising food prices so people would, would stop wasting food and so on and so forth. It was also about ending the shipping industry. You can see that big red dot right there as all shipping declines to zero because of carbon emissions. We have to get rid of the shipping industry. So is Maersk literally committing suicide in order to achieve the zero carbon agenda? It's part of the question I want to ask today. Let's talk about all this. I'm Christian, and this is the Ice Age Farmer broadcast. And as you can expect, when you shut down trade of a third of the world's grains, wheat traded up limit today, meaning it rose in price as much as the market allows before the circuit breakers kick in and they stop trading. Corn was also up 5%, and we'll read here from Zero Hedge a few choice quotes from uh, traders and analysts. Quote, this means all shipments of farm goods from the Ukraine have ceased and commodity traders will have to search elsewhere. Activity at the ports has been halted since Russia invaded last week and the grains trade from Russia as well is effectively on pause. And even if it weren't, 
the ports are now closed and Maersk is stopping service. So this is it's, it, it, this is not a situation that will be resolved anytime soon, unfortunately. And based on that, quote, if the conflict is prolonged, there could be really serious consequences, according to the president of consultant Strategy Grains. Quote, wheat will need to be rationed. And then even Arlen Suderman, who I've talked about uh, quite a bit now on this program, he is chronically uh, understated. But even he is saying today, quote, I'm not going to put a lid on what might happen here. We could easily be looking at record prices. And indeed, you see the chart of wheat futures here today, finally hitting back to where it was at 2008 levels. Again, wheat is a tremendously important. It's a very strategic grain. And when prices get out of control like this, well, we'll just say last time this happened, you saw the Arab Spring, right? There, there are notoriously geopolitical consequences when wheat prices rise. Kiev-based researcher Ukraine uh, AgroConsult warned, the chain of product creation, in other words, growing food, from cultivation straight through to the port shipments is completely paralyzed. And that is a problem concluding the disruption comes at a time when global food prices are already near record highs and now will be catapulted into uh, unknown territory. Now briefly I want to look at why this is so impactful to Ukraine because again the most uh, the majority of the ag production in the Ukraine is in the eastern parts, those that are affected right now by the conflict. So here from Lon Jock on Twitter, you can see 76% of wheat is grown in the east. Here's a map of the Ukrainian uh, wheat production. Again, a map of corn production, 69% of corn production in the eastern provinces. And, uh, and then uh, 77% of all oil seeds is, is in the eastern part of Ukraine. And he goes in, if you want to check out his tweets, he goes into some detail. If you spitball roughly a 25% estimate of yield, loss due to this conflict, then you end up finding out that this is going to be, you know, about a 5% of world ending stocks for wheat and 8% of world ending stocks for corn that are just taken off the table right now, that, that, that are just gone. 8% of the corn in the world just removed from the equation. I think that is a very rosy estimate. And again, because of the uh, UK and Maersk and everyone closing ports and just cutting off Russia, it doesn't even matter if it's only 25% that's lost. Now it's gone from the world trade altogether. So that's why I'm not going to go much further into those estimates there, although they are interesting. Um, and then again, stepping back, it's not just this conflict in Ukraine that is informing the absolute explosion of food prices right now. It's also the fact that Brazil has just had a terrible season. That is why ships are sitting empty for weeks, waiting for the delayed Brazil soybeans there. Uh, quote, a backlog of vessels waiting to load soybeans from some Brazilian ports is now stretching to near record lengths as the biggest bean exporter in the world struggles to harvest and ship the season's crop due to extreme weather. Some boats have now been waiting for more than 40 days for their cargo, as opposed to normally it's 7 to 15 days. And this is evidence that not enough soybeans are making it to the ports. Again, Brazil, the number one exporter of soybeans, except the beans just aren't there. So this, again, is another reason this is a problem. And it's not just the actual food commodities, it's all of the inputs with nitrogen fertilizer prices jumping by a record amount due to supply concerns. And again, 
there's already tremendous availability and price issues, uh, not just in the U.S., but around the world. And uh, Bayer declaring force majeure. So between fertilizer not being available and being super expensive if you can get it, and inputs uh, like uh, glyphosate and other insecticides no longer being available, it's going to be a rough year for the U.S. as well, to say the least. So setting aside food production, there are other attacks going on on the shipping industry, and I don't think this is a coincidence. Take a look at the number of cyber attacks that are impacting uh, container shipping. Here from the WSJ, Expeditors International has shut down their computer systems after a cyber attack. The logistics giant doesn't even know when they're going to reopen operations. Seattle-based logistics giant Expeditors International has shut down most of its systems in response to a cyber attack that was just disclosed uh, two Sundays ago, raising fears of further stress on an already fragile global supply chain. The freight forwarding company says it currently has limited ability to conduct its operations. Okay, so ports are closing and shipping companies are cutting out Russia. They're having cyber attacks at the same time in a Seattle-based company. And here's one Indian uh, shipping company that has also been hit by a ransomware attack. Let's zoom in here. Quote, a suspected ransomware attack has knocked out the management information system at this port container terminal, one of the five marine facilities, I'm not going to try the name there, in India's top container gateway. So the biggest container gateway in India is now out of service because of another cyber attack. So Seattle being hit, India being hit, and then over here, the gold bond cyber attack, the effects are going to last for weeks according to experts. The group operates terminals as well as a robotic logistics center in the port of Ashdod and announced that the shutdown of most of its computer systems uh, was caused by a cyber attack. The gold bond group informed the stock exchange yesterday, this was on the 1st of uh, February, that a cyber attack had shut down the company's computers, and as a result, a large part of its operations had been shut down. So, ladies and gentlemen, within the last month, three major ports, uh, major logistics and shipping companies around the world have all had cyber attacks that have shut down their operations. This is, and now we're hitting the Ukraine crisis. This is not a coincidence, and just to, to be clear, any one of these things causes problems because it's the same containers being bounced around the world, right? It's, it's, there's not, it's not like India can have a problem and everyone else can keep running. All of these things are interlinked. And when ships sit for too long off the west coast of the U.S. or when they're waiting for 40 days because the, the soybeans aren't there in Brazil, everything is, is, is grinding to a halt. And it's just uh, eroding the stability of the system. And the bottom line is we're hitting a tipping point. And that tipping point is something we've talked about a lot, right? How long it takes before you just have a cascading series of failures in your supply chain. It, we're there now. We really are, especially given the Ukraine conflict. So a lot of people are now starting to acknowledge this. And so I want to step back and, um, and ask the question, what, what purpose does this serve? Who's, right, QA Bono, who's, who's benefiting from the supply chains being demolished, the food chain, uh, falling apart. We know a lot of these things were planned, for one, because they talked about it in situations and scenarios like the food chain reaction game, which foresaw this happening back when John Podesta ran it in 2015 and said, we need a global government to solve problems like this. Um, but we also see that 
you know, the great food transformation and the run by the Eat Lancet Commission and the Rockefellers Reset the Table plan all talked about how the global food system is too brittle and we're going to need to instead have highly local food systems. Well, how do you motivate people to make that change? Unfortunately, you have to destroy the current, the way the, the technocrats do it at least, is you destroy the current system and then you point at the mess you've created and say, look, this is why you have to eat bugs. This is why you have to eat the lab-grown Bill Gates meat and we have to use schools as nutritional hubs. We can't have the shipping industry anymore. We've got to get rid of those carbon emissions and you saw what happened when we relied on the shipping industry. People, people starved, right? So... All of this is really going to, unfortunately, it's going to come at a tremendous human cost, but it lays the, fra- the groundwork for them to roll forward the agendas that they've been quite open about wanting here as we enter the zero-carbon future. And I, and I had pulled up this. If you have not seen the, uh, the, the video where I run through the zero-carbon agenda and all these swim lanes of how they see the future of various industries changing, I still highly recommend it. It's called Absolute Slavery, the Zero-Carbon Agenda Deconstructed. And if you search for that, an Ice Age farmer, you will find it. But uh, briefly, here are those swim lanes. And like I said at the, uh, in, the, in the summary up front, the shipping industry completely goes away. Certainly, it seems like they're doing everything they can by stopping services to parts of the world to uh, to achieve that. But also, even in heating, where all this gas boilers and uh, gas based you know fossil fuels, as they call it, uh, has to go away, and we're going to replace it with heat pumps. Well, when you cut off the the gas supply from from Russia to Europe. That's going to mean that we have to really, in fact, you see Germany today saying we have to accelerate our transition to renewables so that we get uh, off of Russian gas. And that's described down here on the electricity line. Rapid reduction in supply and use of all fossil fuels was the plan. Rapid reduction of fossil fuels leading to 2030. In the next eight years, how do you achieve that? You have to have some excuse to cut off the gas, don't you? And that excuse is what's going on now, ladies and gentlemen. Right, we'll leave it there, although there's a lot more information you can find, again, at t.me slash IceAgeFarmer. Thanks for watching. You can find this report and all my reports at IceAgeFarmer.com. If you value this broadcast, you can help me keep it running. There's a few ways listed at IceAgeFarmer.com slash support to do that, including subscribestar.com slash IceAgeFarmer and some crypto addresses, whatever works best for you. I very genuinely appreciate that. For now, let's go grow abundant food and get away from the uh, supply chains, which are quite obviously under attack and being demolished. Raise awesome animals and have a good time doing it. Thanks for watching, folks, and be well.